Hey everybody, welcome to Paleo Pickles. I'm Brian. I'm the Saver. And I'm Namra. So yeah, this is basically going to be a podcast from three... Are we professional paleontologists? Are we amateur paleontologists? Just paleontologists. We're just paleontologists. We're semi-professional. Our plan is to kind of go watch movies that are in pop culture, some different things, and then we're going to have a look at it from a scientist pseudo-scientific perspective most of the time we're just going to use our advanced skills to google the answers or you know talk crap and bring up a whole load of stuff that's probably not relevant but we find it entertaining we're kind of hoping we kind of hope people will too What's on the agenda? <laughs> We're going to talk about Jurassic Park again. Again? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, realistically, if we recorded like our like pre-meetings coming up to this, we uh, probably would have this done by now, right? I would have thought so as well, but it's okay. Life came in the way. For people listening to it, it's probably been a while since they've watched it, right? Not yep. everybody as is as obsessed. Not that we're obsessed at all. I mean, neither of you guys have watched it until this fucking thing. Um, so maybe it's good to kind of give people kind of like a little joke. Because like when we're talking about Amber and stuff, they might not actually know the plot is we go, we take DNA from Amber and then we make dinos. Yeah. Um, so that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We go, we take Amber, get DNA from Mosquito, make dinosaurs. Bad things happen. Um, so what is the first thing you want to talk about? Right. Me, uh, let me pull up my notes because I am a prepared person and, and I can. Uh, Actually, interesting that out of us three, you're the prepared one this time. What, what do you mean? I'm, pre- I'm not prepared at all. It was a joke. Don't worry, we can cut it in post. You have a word be- file with like, I don't know, notes in it? A, well, I do have a word file with notes in it and it's also highlighted in purple and blue. Oh my god. But gosh. that does <laughs> not mean that it's any good. I mean, it's all a little bit. Hmm, see, if I'd known this, I could have done like a narrative. If I knew that I had to open this. Uh, I don't know. It depends on where we want to start. Well, I think we can start with the Amber because this is yeah. where the film starts, right? How much do any of you actually know about Amber? Not a lot. Between last time and this time. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't. Just a little bit more, but not too much more. Yeah. I just know the oldest amber that has ever been found is like 320 million years. So like from Carboniferous, they found it in some uh, coal fragments. But it was not amber that kind of, I mean, it was not, what do you say, resin that came out of the plant. It was inside the stem or whatever got that got fossilized so was that like from so, some some sort of like burrowing insects or something like did they find insects in it or was it just no amber? no no oh, it, plants, it was just, maybe it was just it was not even amber it was just fossilized i don't know what do you call it tree sap inside yeah tree sap no okay okay so, okay but so yeah, do we call that amber or Apparently, uh, another yeah. type. I would presume that any sort of fossilized tree sample is called amber, but I have no yeah. idea. Mm. They call it amber. Okay, so um, did you find anything in that uh, 320 million years amber? Uh, no, so, so there's no fossils inside, but um, 
the most common, like most abundant ambers are from Cretaceous and also from EOC, I think. EOC amber, really? There's some amber mines, yeah. But I haven't really heard of any other amber, like older than Cretaceous, which is super common. And what is the oldest amber in which we have found something? I think it was Triassic where they found some some insect, an amber. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. Just just out of interest, I presume we're gonna like Google while we do this, right? Yeah. Because that would make yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay because like when I was kind of going through this, or like when you were discussing this. I was like, yeah, okay. When when did mosquitoes evolve? When did these guys come oh, yeah. around? And like, I mean, there's lots of problems with insects in the fossil record anyway, where they don't get preserved. So That's why the, amber yeah. is great, but uh, it's the oldest between, record is from sometime in Cretaceous. It says seventy nine to hundred million years ago, sort of like that. And these are actually seem to be all from pieces of amber, but I don't know. I don't think really insects get preserved in any other way, right? Not really. I know you can get sort of like trace fossils and stuff they think are from early things like scorpions and things, but uh, I don't think like body fossils really get preserved in any other form. I suppose they get- Yeah, unless it's in, what do you say, like, oh, Lagerstatten, yeah. Lagerstatten, yeah, but even it's just too rough. I mean, like the thing is when you're going and you're fossilizing something, the resolution of how well something is fossilized is your grain size, right? So the oldest known mosquito with an anatomy similar to modern species was found in a 79 million year old Canadian yeah. amber from the Cretaceous. We know that it sucked blood though. Also, it, it could says... suck blood from like different animals on the same day and it would be all mixed up. So how, how do you know it's just... Well, I'm wondering whether if you think about parasites, for example, some of them are very species specific. So mm -hmm. how do we know that mosquitoes are also, some mosquitoes might also be species specific? But I, I don't think, do mosquitoes need to feed multiple times? I thought it was, it was only the female ones that fed. Yeah, no, it is the long. females. It's only, that's one problem when we actually start talking about the movies, <laughs> is that they show a male one which doesn't suck blood. You can tell by the furry antenna. Um, but I, I thought mosquitoes, I thought for them to suck blood was only for when the females were pregnant and they needed the blood for uh, maybe not fertilization, but for their eggs or for like a little boost of energy so they could grow the eggs or something along those lines. So but I thought like once, twice? I'm trying to think, I'm not I, sure. Do mosquitoes feed more than once? How much blood do mosquitoes? Oh, wait, okay. Well, if you go and you get some sort of like lazy thing that will let you like sit and suck away, uh, you might only need to take it from one thing. So there we go. A female mosquito will continue to bite and feed on blood until she is full. So <laughs> yeah, after they have consumed enough blood, the mosquito will rest for a couple of days, usually between two and three days before laying her eggs. Once this is complete, she's ready to bite again. Oh, okay. But I mean, that means that theoretically she could go and just like bite one thing, suck all she, lull the blood she needs out of it. And yeah, then go. But, if she, but if she doesn't get enough and she's still hungry or whatever, she can just go to another 
Yeah, but if you think about it, how much blood does a tiny itsy bitsy mosquito actually need? Not a whole lot, but yeah. So if you like, let's say a human, okay, like even if they feed like for like five minutes, I feel like they will be. Yeah, but you're not just gonna wait until the mosquito just drinks all your blood. In. No, but if you're meant to be this giant brontosaurus or something, you're not gonna feel a mosquito. Really? Why not? Well, what, what is it going to do? Yeah, okay, maybe you feel it, but how are you going to get it off? And there's going to be hundreds of these yeah, things. Just like, shake it off. <laughs> and then this turns into a Taylor Swift uh, tribute act. This is the musical part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so is there... I have another question now, since okay. we've come to the male and female thing. Um, is there anything that we see with evolution where both male and females had the same um, features, but then it just continued in the female and not the male. In the film, they, um, they show the male mosquito. Yes. How do we know that this male mosquito did not actually have the ability to feed on blood? Like right but now, in the modern world, only female can do that. But how do we know that back then it was only a female related feature. I presume that we don't, but realistically, why would this be something that the male lost? It's all speculation, but I mean, why, why would a male lose that in the process of evolution? I mean, I think the reason why mosquitoes suck blood is for, it's part of the reproductive process in the female. And maybe she does get nutrients, maybe she does get energy out of it. But when you look at a lot of insects, I mean, it is the male's job to inseminate and then die. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> if you look at things like, um, uh, with, with lots of- Isn't lots the octopus of... the same? Like they just reproduce and then die? Well, not instantly, but they, I know that they have a very uh, short lifespan. We can we can go and we can uh, we can digress again. I'm pretty sure there's an octopus that can rip up. So like it's uh, I think it's third tent tentacle from the left. The last six inches is actually the octopus's penis, and sometimes an octopus will actually rip it off and present it to the female so she can oh go walk away with it and then use it later if she so wishes. Please do not include oh this because I'm not 100% sure if this is correct, but there is something that can rip off its own dick presented to the female. <laughs> and then she can go and she can use it if she wants. And I, I, like, honestly, it's, it's a... It's Laura, a, like, why do you know this? Why? Yeah, it's going to get worse. Okay, she's not looking at you. Oh, actually, so the Argonaut or the Paper Nautilus is a small octopus found in the open ocean. And the male Argonaut's third left arm develops into a hectocotylus, which is the octopus penis, which the, man, which the male is able to detach for copulation. Even so it from the, the left, right, oh I think. God. I need to check it later. But I'm even, did I even get the right? Because, I mean, that was a stab in the dark. I knew it was like a couple one way or the other, but like... Well done, Brian. If only Star I could apply you. this to my actual work. So, what is that question? Why did we start? What is an octopus penis? No, uh, Nuss was bringing up this thing about, uh, you know, was it something that both could actually suck blood? And I mean, I think the conclusion is no. I mean, in a lot of cases, it's in insects and lots of things, it's the male's job to. 
go inseminate die while uh it's the female's job to actually make sure that that offspring will is either put in a safe area or she can do it multiple times I, mean, I think the main problem which is something we probably need to address is that blood will not be preserved in these guys anyway so we can't as far as i'm aware we can't really tell i mean maybe you will get certain amino acids or traces of those that maybe could hint to saying there was blood there but you're never ever going to get dna out of a fossilized mosquito so so what was the oldest dna again namra had this information at some okay. point okay the oldest fossil dna that they found is 1.7 million years old was it complete or was it just like a, a series of like base pairs I don't know. I just read this right now. Which species was it from? Like, was it human? Did they, or were they human? able to clone? Never. It, it was a this rat, was rat. going to be my next question. Like, <laughs> if ever we needed to clone something from that DNA, would we be able to do it? It's it's from a rhino tooth. Um. So, assuming that there was blood on that mosquito, on the very male mosquito. <laughs> very male, very male. Have you seen the antenna? I mean, like they're so fluffy. It's like, very masculine. So... By some super preservational power, we could get a complete DNA. No, it was not complete. That's why they oh, yeah. got the frog stuff from the frog DNA. Uh -huh. okay. Yeah, and they put it in an ostrich egg. So, okay. Okay, so let's go through the frog bit first. Why a frog? Yeah, why didn't they pick like other, another reptile instead of an amphibian? Oh, because they wanted to do this exchange theory later. No, but wait, to be honest, um, are dinosaurs reptiles? They're not reptiles, right? They are. Yeah. Are they reptiles reptiles? Yeah. I thought that they were not. Dinosaurs are reptiles. But they did a lot of uh, isotope studies where they were trying to find the body temperature and a lot mm -hmm. of them were like, oh no, they're probably, they're probably in between, like not completely cold-blooded or completely warm-blooded. Which is something really nice so, that they kind of talked about in the movie too, wasn't it? Because people have been speculative of this Oh for yeah, years. they were like, oh, they're endothermic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they actually brought up a lot of questions that at least at the time were... Um, really like at the for well at the forefront of dinosaur paleontology yeah. which is like were they actually warm-blooded were they cold-blooded were they something in between um i've already i've been at conferences where i've seen multiple talks on how fast a t-rex can run and this is like something the guy got really excited about how fast can it run <laughs> how fast uh i i can't remember yeah. it was like 35 miles an hour yeah 20 30 kilometers how many 20 kilometers 20 or 30 kilometers. Between 35 miles is not 20 kilometers. I guessed. I will go with Namor's choice. No, why? <laughs> because you seem to know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Wait, can we, can we also point out the fact that Namor is the only one here who studies dinosaurs? So. Yeah, but I don't know everything about them. I mean, not yet. So, 27 kilometers per hour. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> is um apparently how fast a t-rex could run some say between 18 to 72 kilometers per hour that is pretty fast it's pretty speedy
So, so did this sex change thing, was this something planned from the beginning? Because I had thought that they did not want male dinosaurs running around. So, um, yeah. yeah, why would they pick a frog that would just... It's stupid. So, so I can't really remember why they use frogs. I don't know if they actually justify it. The thing is, if you actually read the book, which I have not, but if you read the book, they go into a lot more detail about um, all of these different things. About I can't remember if they actually justify why they use frogs. Um, uh, no, but I think they're just saying uh, they just put it in frogs just for the sex change plot. I mean, I think, yeah, that's probably for the plot. But yeah. if you think about it, didn't amphibians come before reptiles? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I ask so, the audience? <laughs> what came first, amphibian, amphibians or reptiles? <laughs> <laughs> Laura says amphibians. I don't know. So, but when yeah, you, this, yeah, we don't know either, so it's fine. They're the ones who so, came first, yeah. So okay. basically, if you think about it, then a reptile is technically an amphibian, is technically a fish. So it makes sense to not use a lizard as compared to... But why? Why would an you amphibian? not? Because they would have more common DNA in terms of evolutionary mm -hmm. processes. Can we not use a chicken or a crocodile? Yeah, but they, wouldn't yeah, a chicken come afterwards? Doesn't matter what came like afterwards. No, yeah, well, I think the frogs I think they're, 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 they're modern-day frogs. The sequence, right? Okay. They could have just easily used any reptile DNA. Why did they use a reptile? Frog? Have so, which frog? Which frog can actually change this? So, Hyperolius. Ah. There's a lot of them, but oh yeah, reptiles can also lay eggs without, like, just the females can lay eggs. Like on what? Who? Eggs without being fertilized. So the eggs are not fertilized? No, they have babies coming out of them. How? <laughs> can I can I can I I'm put just, in for a second? Oh no, yes. continue. <laughs> no, it's if, just if, a fact I read somewhere. Go for it, Brian. Okay. We can continue Brian. this later. I, I don't know, are we still talking about this? About the why? Yeah. So apparently in the book they addressed the issue and they didn't actually just use frog DNA. Apparently they used frog, lizard and bird DNA to fill in the gaps. But the reason why the frogs were kind of like emphasized in the movie, actually this is speculation now because of what I know with to do with the frogs, is because of this uh, breeding thing. It's a, it's a plot thing. It's also to do with this idea that maybe that's why the T-Rex wasn't able to see movement. This, this is originally why it was just a plot device, right? Was uh, how do we get these guys to uh, rebreed and then, oh no, you know, they're having babies. Um, the frogs were also thought to have vision that was based on movement. So this is why potentially the T-Rex did and what they've actually used in the different movies uh, through the time was use these frogs as a reason why the dinosaurs they bred didn't have things that were in discoveries coming after the movies. So they use that as a reason why the dinosaurs don't have feathers. And this is kind of justified in the later movies that they don't have feathers, even though we now know that most of them did, was because they used frog DNA and frogs don't have feathers. By that logic, it should also have some 
ostrich stuff in it, right? They, they said they use an ostrich egg. But, yeah. like, but how, how does they, it work? Did they keep the stuff inside the ostrich egg or was it just a shell that was completely removed and then filled in with stuff that would allow uh, reproduction? <laughs> <laughs> the actual product should have been a combination of an ostrich, a frog and some dinosaur. But Because they so... used everything. They used the egg from the ostrich. I know. Been... But what they say is DNA in living creatures was exactly the same. Whatever. DNA is an incredibly ancient substance. DNA was so old that its evolution had essentially finished more than two billion years ago. There had been little new since that time, just a few recent combinations of old genes. When you compare the DNA of man to the DNA of a lowly bacterium, you find that only about 10% of the strands were different. This innate conver uh, conversi conservatism. conservatism, yeah, conservatism, she's right. This innate conservatism of DNA <laughs> emboldened Wu to use whether, whatever DNA he wished. Okay, so that was a mess. But I'm reading it off the screen, and it's really weird because it's bunched all the words together. But basically what they're saying is, ah, not much has happened to DNA. We can use whatever the hell we want and just... So they're saying they could have used any DNA. It doesn't matter if it's frog DNA or whatever. It's the book the movie is based on. So it's basically he can do whatever he wants because DNA hasn't really changed a whole lot. Which I mean, like, let's imagine back then we had CRISPR then we should technically be able to select the parts of the DNA that we weren't and stitch it together with something else, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Theoretically speaking. And uh, so that leads to my next question. Did they do that so that they would obtain different dinosaurs or did they found different pieces of amber with mosquitoes? probably male again um that have blood on them and try to then clone the dinosaurs from that because they actually never lost... say anything about this they're just like oh hey look we have all of these species i presume like i mean if they could go and they could replicate the dna and they could do all this would one mosquito not do if they can do multiple species out of it because i mean the first shot is them like mining for ambers. I think that they had to get multiple ambers, so in different ambers you would get different species. How common is it to find mosquitoes or insects in general in amber? I think whatever insect fossil records we have, they are from amber, so... So no, no. I don't know how to quantify that. Why, why do trees secrete amber? Is it to attract insects? No, it's just a... I don't know. If, it, if a tree is, what do you say? If you've got a tree, it just starts giving up that or yeah, but why are we saying so much is it just that a lot of trees are being broken or okay so amber is formed from resin from the tree bark we already know this and resin actually protects the trees by blocking gaps in the bark yeah and once like resin blood, blood covers blood. it uh, or uh and the break in the bark can actually be caused by chewing insects which is when it would come out and then it would harden and form a seal so that bloody mosquito was going off on a tree and this is how it ended up in amber was it was it chewing on the tree <laughs> it was 
was just sitting there and resting. And then, and then the tree attacked it. <laughs> it was just like a... So, so he was just sitting there and resting, but suddenly there was a gap in the tree which caused the resin to come out. Oh yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But also that would make it rarer, right? I mean, you also no, could just have good. very sappy trees. But for it to be preserved, it's, that's super rare. It can just like, even if it's sap, it just to turn into amber, it takes really a lot yeah, I'm just wondering, like, how much would you have to mine out to be able to get, like, let's say four insects? So there are different species in, in this film, right? Um, yeah. Do we know whether these species actually lived together at the same time? Or no. did they live in different periods? So uh, when did these dinosaurs actually live? So Predacious, we were going Predacious, most of them. All of them? No. Uh, uh, so you've got... T-Rex, uh, Velociraptor. And what else do we have? Jurassic and Cretaceous. So ones that actually appear in the movie are uh, Gallimimus, which is, I think, that little weird thing that spits at you. And that's mm-hmm. Lake Cretaceous. You've got the T-Rex, which is Cretaceous. Yeah, most Velociraptor, of them are Cretaceous. But it's not, not a Velociraptor is Cretaceous. And the Triceratops is Cretaceous. But if you actually look at the, the series of embryos they have in the lab, most of those are actually Jurassic. So if you look, they've got like, oh, oh there's the Brachiosaur as well. Is actually Just Brachiosaurus is Jurassic. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you've got Stegosaurus is in it. Oh, whatever that one is. Metricandosaurus. Triceratops. Triceratops Cretaceous. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at the embryos that they're meant to have that aren't shown in the movie, they are mostly from the Jurassic, but the ones that we actually see in the film are mostly Cretaceous. So technically, they probably should have, the, the dinosaurs we see are mostly Cretaceous, but they should have these other dinosaurs somewhere that are from the Jurassic. Does this come in the next films, or? Some of them do, yeah. Okay. Maybe they just, you know, they were still babies. Um, they hadn't grown yet. Yeah. Okay, so since we are on the subject, how old do you think a dinosaur got? But I know, like, T-Rex, they matured at 20 years or so. A T-Rex lived for 20 years. No, it was mature at okay. 20 years. So. It's like a human, if we consider it's mature at... <laughs> consider a 20-year-old mature? No, but, I mean, legally, they are considered, so... Mm, there's some dinosaurs that live to up to 43 years. I mean, it's difficult to say. You can't necessarily, like chop a bone in half and look at the ring and it's like... And that's what they did. That's exactly what they did. But that's not how this works. That's not how bones work. <laughs> uh, they studied growth lines from a Jurassic sauropod. They said it died at the age of 43. So they counted the rings on a bone. Yeah. But, uh, okay, they're also like, okay, Brachiosaurus were like elephants. So they probably lived up to 70 or 80 years. Wait, they were like, uh, what was a Brachiosaurus <laughs> the size of an elephant? That cannot be right. You know, they're just comparing them according to their life mode. That it was similar to that of an elephant. But something this big could not have such a short life. 70 to 80 years. That's short. 80 years? That's not. That's not short. We, we're living so long because we have medicines now. But... Aren't whales the longest living ones? That turtles are the ones that get super old. Also, reptiles are supposed to get really old, right? Okay, so the blue whale can go up to 90 years. Okay, 
fine, I shall accept this. Um, Seems about right. Because I mean, like, if you think about it, big dinosaurs are having big babies. Do they have big babies? That baby was like little. Yeah, funny. like, if you're using an ostrich egg, if you have to compare a dinosaur egg to an ostrich egg, is it the same or is there a comparable difference? No, actually, I think size? No, it depends on the dinosaur species, though, right? Let's say a Brachiosaurus. How big would that egg be? Mostly, would you even know what egg? what dinosaur the eggs are from if you have fossils of it because uh, <laughs> the dinosaur eggs that i've seen they are like 15 to around 15 centimeters in diameter or a little bit bigger so you you can't really say which species it's from unless you find the fossil nearby. okay so what i have learned just now is that the egg size does not tell us anything about the size of an adult. Oh, so you just proved me wrong. Like I would have thought there would be a correlation between egg size and size at adulthood, but apparently not. A number of football-sized eggs were discovered in France in the 19th century. So there's pretty big eggs from a titanosaur. Can we just take a moment to appreciate the title of this article, which is World's Largest Dinosaur Eggs. The facts are scrambled. <laughs> oh my god uh, that's horrendous <laughs> uh, anyway yeah apparently that big how uh, real is the portrayal of the dinosaurs in the film i mean like come on we we all we have to work with is skeletons right mm-hmm. so i mean there's only so much we can do i mean there's a lot of work coming out on um i mean coloration and stuff there's been massive progress since this originally came out about um skin color and different pigments that you can find in the skins obviously we kind of know a bit more now that dinosaurs had feathers and stuff so that's actually coming into uh the um, reconstructions of these guys so um does this mean that t-rex actually had feathers or is that just some dinosaurs that had feathers and some Uh, did not have them i think it was the extent yet again everything needs to be kind of taken with you know a pinch of salt. Um, but I think uh, a lot of these guys, they've I don't know if they've actually ever found them really on T-Rex, but they have found them on big dinosaurs. Um, I think it was more of a, they were kind of fluffy rather than these big feathers. You, um, I think you got closer to things like Velociraptors and all these kind of guys. They used to have like actual wing feathers and they might've had like different plumage on their tails and stuff uh, as a form of uh, sexual dimorphism. But yeah, it's kind of like accepted now that most dinosaurs probably had some sort of feathers covering themselves, even if they were quite small. So were they like a massive turkey coming at you? Uh, No, because turkeys don't have teeth. Yeah, all birds have a gene that deactivates the formation of teeth. So birds don't have teeth, at least not modern birds. But I mean, there might have... So where did we lose all these teeth? Dinosaurs and modern birds. Well, I've got an article for that, apparently. I just haven't read it. So, uh, the Archaeopteryx had teeth safe. and feathers and claws at the same time. and The Archaeopteryx was a badass. Uh, was it a real badass, or was it just because it's so famous that it's a badass? It was little. It was... It was, it was a pathetic little dinosaur. Yeah. Wait till you wait till you see Jurassic Park 2. <laughs> hey, but it could fly I think, and it had claws. I think it's two is the one with the little aggressive things that eat people. I have not seen these films in a long time. 
Um, I know for us. Yeah, well, you guys are wrong. <laughs> How did you not watch the first film and go, oh, my life has been changed forever. I need to watch all of these right now. No. <laughs> Why? It's fun. When did birds lose their teeth? Mark Springer of the University of California, Riverside, say that the researchers weren't able to pinpoint the loss of teeth, but the presence of certain mutations indicate that dentin and teeth were lost no later than 101 million years ago. What is no later? Wait, so... so it, it couldn't have been later than that. It didn't it have been happen earlier. before that. Okay, but okay. wait, what did you say? 101 million years ago. That's still like... That's when the dinosaurs were so, yeah. yeah, exactly. If this happened during the times oh, of the dinosaurs... The loss of enamel, probably the first step in the process of eliminating, eliminating teeth, can be more precisely dated. I mean, we had different types of dinosaurs. Did the dinosaurs that turned into birds weren't the same dinosaurs as T-Rex, right? So maybe just they had two different evolutionary paths. One went towards being these really awesome things and the other ones turned into human food. But also it's the loss of dentine. It's not necessarily the loss of teeth completely. Uh, well, I don't know what it means in terms of, like the loss of enamel. He's a tooth guy, you would know. I know, but like, it doesn't really make sense because- But that's just the beginning, right? If and also I work with teeth that didn't evolve into our teeth so they're different so i don't know much about human teeth do you know how hard it is to get your hands on human teeth to run experiments on them it's very difficult a missing one tooth could have given it to you <laughs> um okay back to dinosaurs uh, what else have we not covered i feel like there is a lot that yeah. still we haven't covered i kind of want to point into the fact that paleobotany how the hell did they make the leaves we can't really... Oh, yeah, I forgot plants. about that. Yeah, nothing... They can make a dinosaur, they can make a plant. Like, okay, but, but where do you, you get the plant DNA? They just have the seeds. Okay, I have a theory. Seeds. If, awesome if seeds. resin is technically from the tree, wouldn't the resin itself have any sort of plant DNA? It should, right? Yeah, you would imagine that it would have spores and stuff. I mean, uh, probably... Yeah, probably. Yeah, but the question is like, does amber itself contain DNA well, well, I of the plant so. I mean, that it came from? When we go into the digression corner with Brian, I mean, this is how you can tell fake honey from real honey: is that if you test it for pollen and spores, if you don't find any, it's fake honey. Because yeah, but now is they, they fake just honey now. just uh, in fake honey, honey to make it look like real honey? Or is it like honey? that is from plants but has not been made by a bee. I mean, what's your definition of honey? Does honey need to be made by a bee? Not for me, mm. no. No, mm. but the ones that, that is... Yeah, well... So gross, yeah. I mean, oh, do they just add like sugar syrup? I don't know. Can you make uh, honey without bees? Uh, I don't think you can make honey without bees, but I think there are in some uh, products, there is a mixture of just sugar and honey. So they yeah. look at the concentration in terms of spores and pollen to know mm. whether it's like pure honey or it's uh, super diluted honey. But it's like uh, the same with uh, Manuka honey, which is super expensive. But when people go and they test it, sometimes they find that there's like really cheap honey mixed in with the Manuka honey from the pollen and spores because the pollen and spores come from, I think Manuka is from uh, New Zealand, right? And then all of a sudden they have like Chinese pollen and spores in it. 
because what happens is they import the Chinese uh, honey to New Zealand, mix it with their manuka, and then send it to the U.S. for sale. But regardless, this but is a digression. I, yeah, but I, I also read like once they found out that okay, you need these whatever Poland honey, they just add it to fake honey. Oh yeah. So okay. you that, think that the fake honey too. is the real honey? Um, but there is this, one final yeah. topic that I do want to cover before we end. Yeah. Okay. What's that? Can we just talk about how much poop there was uh, from the stickers? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> can I? Can I? The can I open an article? Mound, mound was as high as the woman, like uh, almost. So the question is. Also, what did she find in the shit? Why did she put her hands in there? What did she find inside? I mean, I mean, biologists very frequently put their hands in in poop. That yeah, but right. Yes, Brian. They're called coprolites, and what I would like to bring up is a play. It's come. It comes from a website called ScienceNewsForStudents.org, which is a bit wordy, and it's a very badly written article. But I mean, what they seem to talk about is correct. And I was talking about this before we started to to read. And this is about a T-Rex poop and how big T-Rex <laughs> poop is. It is, I don't know why they give it in uh, liters. Seems a bit weird. But uh, <laughs> about 2.4 liters and 44 centimeters long taken screen grabs and you can use this method it's kind of like a pixel measurements to try and work out the volume of that poop and that volume of poop is very similar to the volume that a triceratops would have been at the time (laughs) so it it pooped a poop of its own size i just saw a really weird image with like a crocodile and tons of poop in it (laughs) Why would you even show this to us? We'll like, put it in the show notes. I don't know. I, I just try, type crocodile poop because I went to see well, you. I did not get this yeah. when um, <laughs> when I googled about crocodile poop. Maybe we start off by you introducing yourself and. <laughs> okay, so my name is Jopia Haidu. Uh, I came from Hungary. Currently, I'm working at the Senckenberg uh, Naturmuseum in Frankfurt. Uh, we have a temporary exhibition right now. It's called Edmond's Outside Reich or uh, Edmond's Ancient Realm, I think. And uh, it's basically a, a live excavation. The colleague just uh, transported 30 tons of stones basically from America. It's uh, late Cretaceous and it contains uh, a lot of dinosaur bones. Of course, the best one that everybody knows, Tyrannosaurus rex and Triceratops and a lot of Edmontosaurus. (laughs) And so we just tried to find all the fossils in this stone and the visitors can ask as many questions as you want. They can see how we working, how how can you really dig up a dinosaur? (laughs) So it's not like in Jurassic Park when they just uh, uh, putting the sand away with hands. (laughs) So it was amazing when I watched the movie yesterday evening and I just realized that they, one of the guys just stick one finger in the uh, nostril (laughs) and just get out the sand. And I was like, no. (laughs) 
So it's amazing. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing most of the time. Uh, now in the winter time, I'm, I'm just at the workshop and uh, do the fine preparation, but uh, we very open at the 20, 21st of April. And then I hope that the museum will be open that time <laughs> and the whole thing can, can start again. Hard to say, I would say, given how things are. <laughs> but also you, you did your master's oh, yeah. on yeah, ambers, uh, right? The other thing is that uh, so I'm a paleontologist, of course, and I did my master thesis. Uh, so my bachelor and my master thesis about amber and amber inclusions. And my master thesis was about dipteran uh, uh, inclusions in Cretaceous ambers. And dipterans are flies and mosquitoes also belongs to this group. So yeah, I'm more or less <laughs> up to date in this topic. And uh, I think we had a discussion at one point about what actually is the definition of an amber. So is it just a fossilized sap? Is it a fossilized resin? I mean... Yeah, so I wouldn't say that I'm a, I'm a total expert, but uh, amber is uh, fossilized resin, basically. And uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I had a notes on it. <laughs> Just a moment. Yeah, amber is fossilized natural resin. Uh, and uh, resin is mm -hmm. what uh, usually produced by specialized tree cells and what came out uh, through fissures from a tree, basically. And uh, I, I think there is a gray area in this <laughs> field also because embers usually yeah. are more or less transparent, but uh, there are also totally opaque embers which could also contain inclusions. And uh, I'm not sure what is the line when you don't really call something amber anymore, but just fossilized resin. But yeah, the okay. main main uh, uh, difference between uh, a resin or a tree sap and, and an amber is that uh, the chemical, uh, what's the word for it? Composition. Yeah, thanks. So the chemical yeah. composition is, is different. Uh, an amber is not uh, soluble anymore in, in alcohols. Uh, so it's quite resistant while a resin is still soluble in alcohol. Okay, okay. okay. That, that's a good way to just uh, separate the two things. So wait, so resin you can. It's also not amber is easy to to uh, dissolve in something, but uh, amber is is way more resistant to chemicals. Okay. For example, you can dissolve amber in totally fucked up things like formaldehyde, <laughs> but in water or just simple alcohols or something. So you need, need okay. special stuff to, to harm amber. That's why they are especially good for preserve uh, the inclusions, whole effects whole in, in three dimension and so. And can we get DNA from amber? Favorite topic. <laughs> uh, short answer is no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> And the long answer is absolutely not stop asking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. I mean, there's a lot of uh, 
things that that you have to think about when you uh, when you ask if you can find uh, DNA in in amber. Mm-hmm. For example, DNA is something that that can uh, uh, it's not good to preserve. It, it's one of the first things that just gonna uh, not dissolve. Not degenerate. Uh, disintegrate. Disintegrate. That sounds, yeah. that sounds good. Sure. <laughs> so DNA is one of the first things that disintegrate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not okay. good for preservation. Yeah. Okay. And there, there were, of course, a lot of studies that try to uh, find DNA in amber, but uh, usually when they found something, it was most of the time recent. Uh, so the methods were not clear enough. <laughs> so it was it was not from the ember. Right. Okay. 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 Most probably. So I don't think so. I think we have a better chance with this uh, mammoths and, and other animals from the uh, Siberian permafrost thingies than than from an ember for sure. Oh, the ones the ones that are like frozen and stuff. Yeah. yeah the yeah. ones that are melting right now. Hmm. Mm. I mean, they are not that old, so probably yeah. their chance still still not perfect. Yeah, but I mean, but million year old uh, inclusions in embers, I'm sure it's. Yeah, no. It, it, well, I think we all kind of agree that you were never going to get DNA out of it. I think that's more or less well known. But I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's a good premise. It's it's interesting. It's just. <laughs> Not accurate, that's why we talk about it. I mean, it's yeah. still one of my all-time favorites, so. <laughs> the velociraptors aren't velociraptors, are they? You mean in, in the Jurassic Park movie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's a quite well-known fact that uh, the, the raptors in the movie, and in fact, in the book, they are uh, based on the Deinonychus, but it's, Krichton, uh, I think that's how you say his name. So yeah. the writer, <laughs> he he thought that Velociraptor sounds more badass. That's why he decided that uh, uh, he's gonna main the main character <laughs> of yeah, the okay. uh, named Velociraptor. But it's more or less based on another species called Deinonychus. And it's from it's from America. So it's it's yeah. It's um, also North American species, also uh, Upper Cretaceous. Mm. So it's more or less, yeah. They're, they're, apparently they're quite closely related, except a Velociraptor was only like actually quite small and weighed about 15 kilos or something. Yeah, it's basically a turkey, like <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> it's a turkey. Um, but, yeah. They're nice. I mean, they have a lot of uh, cool features. For example, uh, velociraptors are only known for Mongolia. Yeah. Uh, that's also a fact that I have to say several times a day <laughs> in the excavation site as well, because everybody asks that, oh, you have T-Rex, so you have velociraptor? <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't have velociraptor. Yet. Is, is Chris then... Pratt around here somewhere? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> Then I wouldn't mind the velociraptors either. <laughs> but, uh, we were talking about that they are turkey size, and I wanted to tell you guys that uh, um, 
so it's it's always a, a sexy topic i think if the dinosaurs had feathers and which kind of feathers and how yeah. long and so on and uh, in velociraptors they find evidence that they had uh, uh, these wing feathers so these highly developed ones because they have this uh, small not holes but uh, in their ulna so one of the arm uh, bones yeah. there are these this weird uh, things that uh, means that they had these wing feathers which you can see in, in several birds so it's it's means for sure that they already had this, this well-developed feather. Yeah, they, as far as I've read before, but it's been a while, that like they did apparently have a decent amount of plumage. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah. Like they would have had like tail feathers and stuff like that, but they would have had these kind of um, feathers on their arm, essentially. Mm -hmm. But I mean, do, uh, I, I don't know, I don't study dinosaurs that often, but I mean, do you know, was this for, like, was it a thing of like sexual dimorphism? Was it to show off? Was it, or does anybody actually know what the ability of this thing would be to glide? I think there are just theories, but we don't know for sure, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were in very different environments. So they probably used feathers. I mean, dinosaurs all in all, in all for mm -hmm. keeping body uh, heat and so on. But Hmm. And or they they uh, also needed it for sex sexual dimorphism and that's the word yeah Di sexual dimorphism yeah, dimorphism, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no I'm just saying because I haven't actually looked into it too much about why why were the first kind of feathers evolved uh, I don't really know either but was it a thing I mean um, there is like this supposedly well the I only know about this dinosaur okay. because mm -hmm. it was illegally exported uh, from Brazil to Germany. And uh, so it was described in December, but the paper itself has been temporarily retracted because they're doing an investigation into how this specimen was acquired. But this dinosaur basically mm -hmm. had these shoulder spines, which they think had uh, were feathers. And so it's like really like very much on the shoulder yeah. and they think it's basically um, because, uh, yeah, for showing off. And if you look at birds today who tend to have like these very long mm -hmm. spines or long feathers, um, they are for this, like when they do their dances and things like that. So if we base on modern birds, then most likely yeah. this would have been a way to attract um, a mate. I think I one say. big question I kind of, so is there anything we got really wrong <laughs> that we either need to like cut out or are we I amazing? I didn't take notes that, oh my God, that was the worst thing ever. I mean... Uh -huh. No, like, I'm okay with, you know, us getting stuff wrong and it going past your filter mm -hmm. or whatever. But we didn't say anything stupid that made you go, I mean, for what me, the hell is this? I mean, for me, it was, was funny that you had actually had to check if dinos were, in fact, reptiles or not. <laughs> I found that hilarious, but uh, I think that was the only thing. I'm pretty sure, like, so you didn't get to hear the intro or anything, but I'm pretty sure there is a disclaimer that, you know, we're not very good at this. 
Okay, so we didn't get anything drastically wrong. Is there anything that you think we need to address, talk about? When I watched the movie yesterday, the first half an hour, just looking with, a, with an eye of a paleontologist, it's first half an hour, it's, it's hilarious. Starting with, with they showing an amber mine that's actually uh, way younger than it should be. Mm-hmm. Then continue with a completely excavation site in Montana <laughs> and it, they said that the badlands near snake water snake water is not uh, an existing city <laughs> and stuff like that I mean I had to check it as well but yeah. uh, now I know that snake water is not an existing city in Montana <laughs> so, okay uh, but there are a lot of uh, dinosaur excavation site in Montana and nearby so that's mm-hmm. that's the famous dinosaur site and um, I'm also I'm also pretty sure the ground penetrating radar doesn't work like that um I don't think so I'm I really don't know I I can't remember <laughs> is that one where they hit it with a hammer and then the signal there, there goes some, some thing two people stand on it they basically put a bullet kind of thing into this yeah machine and that just and then all of a sudden you get like CT scan quality yeah. of the fossils in the rock. That's not how it works. Have you ever seen uh, ground penetrating radar data? It is not like that yeah. at all. That was something that you, you said specifically that you should ask me. I try to find it. How much chamber do you have to mine out to get insects or something like that? And how often it is to find female blood-sucking insects. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, how often can you find mosquitoes at all? And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's not that easy. Um, actually, so I, I had to write in my thesis also about this topic. Uh, so I worked with the, with the Hungarian collection uh, from two different institutes. And uh, it was weird because in most of the ember pieces like 80 percent of the ember pieces contain some kind of inclusions and that's quite a high high number so usually more or less 10 percent of the ember pieces contains any kind of inclusion yeah. and by inclusion i mean everything so pollen uh, insects as well dirt <laughs> whatever yeah. So not all of them insects, and of course, not all of the insects are diptera or flies and anything like that. So you, you don't really have a very good chance to find mosquitoes. And uh, I also have to mention that uh, mosquitoes uh, are quite rare. So if, if by mosquito we mean just that one family, the Kulicide, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which are the you know, the very typical blood sucking things that you just smash off your arm every single time in summer yeah. when you're outside. But actually there are more than uh, one family uh, of flies that actually sucking blood. So it's not just the mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. There are several other families, four or five at least, uh, where blood sucking behavior uh, is present. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always the females does that uh, because of the egg production is, is quite <laughs> yeah. 
hard labor. So they need the iron and the proteins from the from the blood. Okay. So that's why why they do it. Okay. Exactly. If you're thinking about it, it's quite a risky business to just go in uh, to the surface of a big animal and just oh yeah, one, steal one... blood from it. So of course not not every single species do that because there's a high risk that you're gonna die during during the process. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I agree. I didn't realize that it was for the iron and stuff specifically that they went to do it. Cool. So they need it just for the eggs and. Uh, Usually the males are uh, feeding on, on uh, plant fluids and so on. So they have a completely different diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was also a topic of yours. If uh, just the females doing that and when this behavior uh, evolved. So I think it, it's, it never was a common thing. So it doesn't make any sense for the males to have uh, that plus iron and proteins in their system because why would they use that yeah and also you don't have to make eggs yeah you you do bring up a good point that it's a really sort of like dangerous way of feeding so i think um risky if not dangerous but risky because you actually have contact with another animal usually way bigger than you but it's more of a thing uh we were having this discussion about whether it was I think we're all, wait, was it all mosquitoes did it? Or was it that just the females did it? Why did they evolve to do this? And whether the males had ever done it before. And I think your line of thinking about how it's risky to do it is kind of helps that story, right? But like, why would the males do it if one, they don't really need these nutrients and two, if it's dangerous to get them? And you actually can get quite good fossil evidence to it because uh, females have uh, special, DNA. specially developed uh, mouse parts to suck blood. So ah, in an angle, okay, 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 you okay, look okay. in a specimen, you can say if it's a male or a female, uh, also based on the mouse uh, structures. As well but, as uh, the fluffy antennae. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, it's uh, an important feature if... Uh, the the specimen had had this more blood sucking kind of uh, apparat or not? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because they need special stuff. This needle, like you know, yeah, <laughs> actually pierce through skin. Yeah. So you can. There's a good fossil evidence to say that probably just the females did that. Thank you for talking to us, Jeffy. It was great. Yeah. Thanks uh, for the opportunity. No. No problem. Thanks I mean- for the excuse, so I could. Uh, screw up a whole day uh, looking at fucked up fact about dinosaurs and birds again and so on. <laughs> it's all right. I pretend to work all the time too. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us on what, what Anchor, Apple Podcast. You can just find us wherever you found us already. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> and leave us a review. Don't, don't forget to give us a rating on whatever you're watching it on. Um, we will settle for nothing but five stars. Anything else, we, we actually know a couple of people who can delete them. So don't even bother. Just do it. Just give us the good score. Perfect. I know a guy. He, you know, we pay Yelp and then Yelp will just get rid of the bad reviews. So it's okay. We can use all our paleo money. What paleo money?
and when when we get famous of when working with dinosaurs. Right? <laughs>